0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory.
1: Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at Remax 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Study. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show, thank you so much for being with us. Here with me in the KFG studios, as always, my business partners and
2: colleagues at KFG, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. You know by now that there are six key financial disciplines that make up your financial life. And uh, today, we're beginning a brand new series, six weeks long, where we're going to drill deeper into each of these areas and talk about the most important concepts in the six key areas of your financial life. That begins today on the Wise Money Show. That's right. If you have any questions, it's still tax season. My goodness. So we've got a couple great
1: tax questions coming up in the second half of the program. Reach out to us. We'd love to help. Either question for your situation or just what's something we can hit on an upcoming program. Call or text us. 574-222-2000. 574 Chuck texted us, so oh, several weeks ago now. We're going to be hitting it shortly. So 574 Wisemoneyradio.com is how you find us online. And then all over social media, um, YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Just search Wisemoney Radio. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited to kick off this series. I don't know why, but I've had this idea of debating and talking about the most valuable planning concept with you guys for a long time. So I'm excited to to kick it off. I will tell you one thing, though. As Josh said, I think he said specifically there are six key areas. He called them disciplines. uh, Six areas of your financial life. You can't (laughs) talk. Joshua rename something? (laughs) (laughs) You can't talk about or you can't address one area independently of the others. It's not possible. And yet we all try to do it. In fact, um, you know. Our whole culture tells us that these areas are separate. You get your taxes done over here, flow helps you with your insurance over there, these people with middle initials help you with investments over there, it's all separate. No, it's not, that's impossible. They're all interrelated. There's six areas to your financial life. Present financial position, we're gonna tackle that one today. Protection planning, tax planning, investment planning, retirement and then college planning until we're actually gonna stretch this series to seven weeks, Josh. And then estate planning is the last one. We're gonna take a deep dive into each of those. But let's start with your present financial position. Before we talk about the most valuable planning concept, let's just define it. What in the world, That that's jargon. What in the world do we mean by present financial position?
2: Well, it's jargon, but at least this jargon makes sense, right? I mean, it's exactly what it sounds (laughs) like. It's different than most of the financial world. (laughs) Uh, Your present financial position is really your starting point. It's it's today. It's where are you right now in your financial life? And we have to define where you're beginning so that it makes sense when we start thinking about the future, your ideal future, your hopeful future, what you're trying to accomplish down the road. Uh, when, When you're crafting some sort of a financial roadmap, we need to begin with a reality check on exactly where you stand right now. So really taking inventory. Uh, w- what's going well in your life right now? What needs to be improved? Um, you know, Things like the amount of cash flowing into y- your hands and how much of that will be captured for your goals. So we spend a lot of time in this area talking about where you are now versus those goals that you're trying to achieve. I
1: couldn't have said that better. If you if you're trying to um, look for something tangible in what Josh shared, it would be a balance sheet or a net worth statement. And then also updating that on an ongoing basis so that you have context and you can compare how things are going. But it's also a cash flow statement. And sometimes that's done on an annualized basis. Sometimes it's a monthly budget, sometimes it's both. And But it's, it's all for the purpose that Josh, men, Josh mentioned, having an inventory and knowing where you are today, where your starting point is, as that then gives you the foundation to start reaching for those goals. All right. So within that area, there's, what, what do we have? 50 years of financial planning experience on the mic today? Mm-hmm. With all those years, what do you think is the most valuable planning concept that's kind of rooted in your present financial position?
0: Yeah. I, I took the one um, key concept uh, discipline if you will (laughs) (laughs) and I I broke it uh, down into four different ideas um or actually so you sound like my that, kids. that. Sounds Cause like cause cheating. When, when I say, "Hey guys, what's your favorite color?" They list three of them.
1: Guys, what's your favorite movie? Oh, 17 different movies are their favorite. So the your, the most valuable planning concept you come you came up with four of them, Kevin.
0: Yeah. So I mean, wh- who, who's the, who who do you want to li- who do you want to hear about on the show, huh? Me. I do, too. So here we go. No, I, I was thinking about my own. I, I, I reflected back, and I said, what, what has been the most helpful, and, and does it fit in present financial position? So I can, I can give you some that fit squarely in fin, the present financial position, and some that might not fit perfectly, but if you did them. They're the cause that would have the most incredible effect on your present financial position. Mm. You've piqued my interest yeah. here. I'm, yeah, I'm curious. So um, just,
2: just a simple one. Are and you giving us these in order? Um, your number one through four? Yeah, well, n- so- n-
0: No apparent order. Um, so <laughs> I, I will give you no no apparent order. Okay. Um, the first one as a business owner so I'm speaking to all the business owners out there and I started um, 25 years ago and it I remember when it was just me and then it's uh, since grown and we've got four locations and 50 people on the team and so it's it's a little more complex than it was when we first started but I got some great advice from a friend of mine, Bill Heffelfinger, who is a partner at Krugelauten, and he said, hey, one of the things that you for sure have to do is keep your business and personal separate. Mm. So That is a discipline. that It takes
1: discipline, because for you business owners listening, you know it is commingled. It's very easy yeah. it's, to, to commingle those two. It's difficult to distinguish between,
0: well... This is the business, and this is me personal. Yeah. So a lot of the things that we're actually gonna discuss this morning are very basic concepts, and you might be listening and think, well, of course, I, I, everyone knows that, right? Well, if you're just starting out and you've never owned a business before, it might not be. And if you go from kind of just having a job to growing that job, and then eventually it morphs into a business, then it is different. So all of a sudden, you're setting up a separate checking account. You're setting up a separate uh, credit card. You're setting up a bunch of different things to keep the business completely separate from your personal. But what that does is it, 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 when you look at your present financial position, you at all times you want clarity. Because clarity lets you make great decisions. So great information lets me make great decisions. If I have separated my business and my personal, I always know what's on the business side. I always know what's on the personal side. And if you're married, so it's kind of an interesting um, configuration because if you're married, you have the business. And the business is a jealous lover and is always demanding from you, taking more and more and more. But then you also have a spouse who's saying, well, what what money is ours? What money belongs to the business? How do we, you know which is which? So if you can provide that kind of leadership to the most important person on this earth, who would be your spouse, um, and this is, this is what we have, this is what we have to work with, then it can be very, um, it, I'm going to just say empowering.
2: Yeah. In fact, I want to cut in here for a moment. I know you have a list of four, but if I was going to put my vote, I haven't even heard the other three yet. I think that concept that you just hit, this idea of knowing where you stand financially, That's a broad concept, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a habit and it's a discipline that most people don't get right. They don't track their overall financial life necessarily. They don't know exactly where they stand at any given moment in time. They don't have mechanisms in place. They don't have financial statements to review. And by having those, you can get two spouses with two different opinions and two different viewpoints on a financial life on the same page. And when they're on the same page, you can accomplish some amazing things. Yeah, we're going to give you some hope for that.
1: I The other thing that struck me with what you said is how empowering clarity is. And that's something that we do here at KFG. I'll tell you a little bit more about it. But I guess the question for you is, um, do you have perfect clarity today, right now? Could you just jump online and see your entire financial life organized in one place? I hope so. You should have that in order to make great decisions. More of the most... Important, most valuable planning concepts in this key discipline of your present financial position. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: Do you know where you stand in your financial life right now? Right now, if you needed to go to one spot, you had 30 seconds to get perfect clarity as to where you stand financially. Could you do that? I hope so, I hope so. That's what we're talking about today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for being with us. My name's Mike. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn. Thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern & Keene as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. If you have a question, reach out to us we'd love to help we'd love to if it's a question for the show we can address it on an upcoming program you can find us online wisemoneyradio.com you can call or text 574-222-2000 that's 574-222-2000 and then social media everything's cranking there the youtube channel has every episode you can leave questions comments there you can do the same on our facebook page or twitter just search wise money radio so we're launching a new series where we're talking about Each of the six areas of your financial life. Now, they're all mixed together. They are all connected. So, you need to have synergy when you're making decisions and know that you're making decisions that will positively impact all areas of your financial life. But if we can separate them just for a moment and talk about, with all of our years of experience, what do we see the most valuable planning concept be? If we could just highlight one, or in Kevin's case, four. What would it be? What would the most valuable concept be? Kevin started with, if you're a business owner, making sure that you have those – have clarity – and have things separated so you know this is personal, this is business. One of the ways that we do that here at KFG, whether you're a business owner or not, where you can have instant clarity—you always know where you stand with your finances—is something we call Wealth Vision 360. Um, it's part of our One Plan process. We're actually thinking about changing that over to be uh, titled One Plan because that's Josh. He loves to retitle things. Just teasing. <laughs> but but it's it's one place. It's a hub for your finances. And guys, we introduced this right after 2008 because the world was in chaos. We're still in a VUCA world. And we'd have lots of people that would come in and say, okay, so where am I? This, I I'm hearing all this, all this noise. Where am I? And in one place, you can see your entire financial life. Kevin, what would you add to that? Or, or go on to number two. What's the What's your second... Like, do I get to keep most going? Most important sure. concept. Well, let uh, Josh and I cut so, in here, but.
0: and so this is well, and I just want to say, so um, Mike, when you were saying, hey, do you, do you know, do you have clarity? Um, if you don't, some some people were born with clarity. Some people were born organizers, and they. Um, meticulously keep track of every detail it's just how they're wired That's, that is Mike Bernard if you've ever met him you know that he's the kind of guy that has a clean garage and um, never has a food stain on his clothing or uh. <laughs> any of that stuff the kind of guy you just you, you don't really like you him. love to hate yeah uh. you, you want to mess up his hair when you see him <laughs> and so um, but not everyone's like that as a matter of fact statistically most people aren't like that and if you're listening and you say yeah I'm not like that I'm not wired that way Um, You don't have to be wired that way. You can actually get some help and get some help from a certified financial planner who's been trained in these disciplines. And after doing it for 25 years, I take all of this for granted until you talk to someone who's not trained in these things. And and. It, there is a lot of help that an untrained person can receive from a trained person, yeah. just like when I drive my car into the shop. The mechanic who is trained can give me a lot of help on stuff that I know nothing of. Yeah. So anyway, so the, the second thing that I would have and, um, is for, um, again, it's a small business owner idea is for every dollar that you make, put 40 cents into your tax account. So we're ta- again, we're talking about segregation. So the first segregation is between business and personal. And then with the business income that you have, when you make a dollar, put 40 cents into your tax account.
2: And when you say make a dollar, do you mean a dollar of profit or is that a dollar of, you're not talking revenue here? Not gross revenue.
0: No, no. If you, whatever, whatever you whatever make, whatever your net profit. Right. Is, so. If I'm, if okay. I am a barber, and I cut someone's hair, and they gave me twenty dollars of cash, cash, and I am self-employed, I'm in my own kitchen cutting someone's hair. I want to take that $20, I'm going to take 40% of it, so I'm going to take $8 and set it in my tax account. For all of you aspiring barbers out there, do not cut hair
1: in your kitchen. Uh, just p- pick the garage or pick a different, <laughs> uh, different room. But uh, <coughs> but oh, you're right, because for, for those of you who can't relate, maybe have thought about starting your own business but aren't a business owner, you have your taxes withheld right from your paycheck. As soon as you hang a shingle, even if you're doing a sole proprietorship or just doing something on the side the taxes on the, you have to pay taxes on the profit. And thankfully there's some new tax benefits out there. So you get some deductions that you didn't get before, but, um, there's no withholdings on that. So you've got to set that aside. I do see a lot of people who are then chasing their tail because they didn't set it aside. So they use tomorrow's money to pay last year's taxes. And then boy, you get stuck in that trap.
0: You yep. can't get out. Yep. That it, is, that is, that is a get out. terrible, terrible trap. So make sure if you're a small business owner, you're setting aside. A, 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 and there, there are some great um, parallels to the personal side when you talk about various segregations of mm-hmm. your money. Okay, Josh, I'm cutting in on Kevin.
1: So what do you think? What's your most valuable planning concept in present financial position?
2: You know, I kind of hinted at this in the last segment, but um, t- to me... The, the habit or the discipline of tracking your financial life as a whole. You know, knowing where you stand, not only today, but any day. If we stopped you on the street, could we ask you, where do you stand in your financial life? How, how much of uh, your income is coming in that can be captured for long-term goals? And there's lots of ways to do this. I mean, it can be something as simple as a ledger book of all things. You know, I've, I've had clients who literally write everything down that's how they were trained you know yep. 40 years ago others have uh, gone to an electronic version of a, a ledger book an excel document of some sort and then there's actual apps out there things like mint.com that you can have on your phone or Quicken that you could have on your computer. Our the, WealthVision
1: 360, the hub, we've got the same thing. That's what I use. It's, that's that, right. Yeah.
2: And w- what it can do, though, is produce for you a couple different financial statements. This is something Kevin's been talking about uh, business owners and, and their approach. Every business owner I've ever met uh, should know uh, what their balance sheet looks like. That's calculating the assets that they own and subtracting out the liabilities that they owe to other people to get this bottom line net worth number. And and that's not for the purpose of you know puffing their chest out, throwing their head back and declaring to the world, hey, look at what I've accomplished. No, it's because your financial health can be measured in some ways on how that amount is growing over time. It's kind of a report card on how well you're capturing dollars versus letting them slip through the the cracks. The other financial statement that can go with that, though, is a cash flow statement. So this Mm -hmm. looks more at the money that's in motion in your life, the income that you have coming in versus the expenses going out, and what portion, again, is goal achievement money that uh, can help advance your financial life, keep helping you get more financial
0: freedom uh, from, from year to year. Yeah, and the other financial statement that you that might be required if you've borrowed money from a bank, especially, again, if you're a business owner, so forgive me for um, hitting that, but if you're a business owner and you've borrowed money from the bank every year, you have to provide an updated personal financial statement. Well, they will give you their format that they want you to fill out, and it's kind of funny because if you filled it out last year, um, you're, you're going to get a blank one this year, mm-hmm. um, so they haven't listened to Shep Hyken yet. But the the important thing when we do our wealth vision three sixty is you can hit a button, print out your entire personal financial statement, husband signs it, wife signs it, submit it to the bank, you're done. And Josh, to
1: those statements you're talking about, your your net worth or balance sheet and being able to track that and your your income statement or cash flow statement. Both of those within wealth vision are a click away i mean Mm -hmm. that's why i i have everything connected in my own personal life for simplicity you talk about shep hiking so Mm -hmm. for for simplicity reduce reducing friction Mm -hmm. and then at a click of a button i can look at my balance sheet at a click of a button i can look at my cash flow statement for that month or for a trend so you want to have that you want to have that clarity and i would underscore again what kevin said even if it even if you're not hardwired that way, even if that's not your natural strength, you can do it. You can have that clarity, that organization, just with the help of a certified financial planner. So I will tell you the most important financial <laughs> planning concept. You're give us the right now, answer? No, we're gonna keep debating um, as well as talk about um, potential huge mistakes that you need to avoid in this area as well. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with the Inspired Homes team for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Thank you very much. Pretty soon, we're going to be taking a question from Chuck that he texted into us a few weeks ago. Great tax planning question. So we've got that. If you have a question, feel free, call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000 wisemoneyradio.com is how you find us online. You could submit a question right there on the right. You can also catch up on previous episodes there, read the blog, see other content there as well. And then all over social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Every episode's on the YouTube channel, different contents on Facebook and Twitter and so on. You can submit questions there also. Just search Wisemoney Radio. So we're in a series where we're looking at each of the six areas of your financial life and talking about, all right, the most important planning concepts in all our years of experience. If you could just highlight one thing that you've seen make the biggest impact, what would it be? And I, I just volunteer that information to people all the time. I was speaking with a friend, Lauren, uh, earlier this week, and she's 24, I have been blessed to serve mom and dad, and aunt and uncle, and Lauren, who I've known for a while, reached out to uncle and had a financial question, and uncle said, you need to call Mike. And so she did, and she, the question was like your question, my guess, and that is, am I invested in the right stuff? I'm just getting started, am I invested in the right stuff? And it took us an hour before we even brought up the word investment. And I told her, you know, I've been fortunate to be involved in a whole bunch of things, financially, business sales, creative things, all sorts of stuff. But if you were to ask me one thing that's changed the most people's financial life, made the biggest impact, it's a three bank account system. It just is. Personally, it's made the biggest impact on my life as well. And it's, it's, it's a concept that Kevin already talked about with that business owner setting that forty percent aside. The three bank account system, pretend you're driving, okay, and you're in your car and you're looking and you're driving right, looking straight in front of your hood. That's nowhere to, to that's no way to drive, right? But you're the three bank account system, the first bank account addresses your current expenses, your regular monthly expenses. You've got money direct deposit coming in, you've got money immediately going out for certain variable things or fixed things every single month. So it addresses the road right in front of you. But then if you pick your eyes up and you look out on the horizon, what can I see? That's bank account number two, that's your delayed spending. All the future expenses, they're not monthly, but all the future expenses that you can anticipate coming up, could be taxes, could be Christmas, could be a vacation, could be a home improvement, the next car, the car repair, anything that you could possibly see, I think we can see on a clear day, seven miles out. So everything you can see, you're setting money aside in bank account number two. And then what about the stuff you can't see, the deer that might run across the road? or something like that. That's bucket number three, that's your emergency fund. You've stashed some dollars away so you have financial confidence that if something all of a sudden
2: comes up, you've got cash to address it. That's the three bank account system. You know, if I can piggyback on what you just shared, um, a a similar concept, uh, we often challenge uh, clients and others to not live on 100% of their income. To, to build a plan, maybe an 85% spending plan, for example, where you your, your living expenses on a monthly basis or a non-monthly basis um, fit into 85% of your take-home pay. And what it uh, holds for you then is 15% of goal achievement dollars, and that's what helps you build for the future because one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is living all the way up to the edge, sometimes a little bit more, and it's not a sustainable cash flow plan that they have. We've uh, dealt with a little bit of drama in DC this year about a government shutdown.
1: <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if you were aware of that, um, but there's news for you. Uh, and there's been all sorts of articles. I saw a headline recently that said, 40% of Americans are one paycheck away from poverty. Right. Isn't that I mean scary? It, it is scary. And 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 this isn't to bring that up to 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 shame or whatever <laughs> no. The, getting this right is hard. But you can do it. And if you if you have things if if you cut things so close to the edge, you don't have margin and so that might be you. I implement an 85% spending plan to to in a simple way
0: create that margin. That's right. And if you need to, use the envelope system. Yeah. I mean, the foolproof way to get it done is to use the envelope system. And, and um, I'm, I'm thinking of my client that makes several hundred thousand dollars a year, and he and his wife use the envelope system for what they spend. And so they live – it's not necessarily a wartime mentality, but it's, it's, it's this extreme discipline – and it is so impressive but once you're once you're accustomed to that it it is kind of addicting, like you, because what because people think, well, if I'm going to put those kind of controls in my life, my life's going to be awful. And what they find is when they put those kind of controls in their life, it it protects them. It mm-hmm. gives them peace of mind. It lets them know, hey, we're not we're not flying blind here. You know, the we've had quite a winter here, and you, and um, it's possible. Um, I had a friend who was driving on Conrad Road and came (laughs) over a hill and went right into a huge snowbank um, because he didn't have visibility. and so can you imagine and so Can't that's picture it. yeah so yeah. if you i can if, almost feel it <laughs> it's jolting can you relive it josh so <laughs> so this is the thing if you don't have visibility or you're planning on something you're planning on the road being cleared and that you're going to be able to keep going and you find that there's three feet of snow where there's supposed to be a clear road. Um, the, it'll stop you fairly quickly so this this is where what what we want this whole idea is about visibility because yeah. my you were asking about my third idea <laughs> I was <laughs> which, actually because you guys already said I mean you guys right in right essence right you've already said it, which is track track your progress yeah so the the and, and Josh said, well could you stop the man on the street and do a man on the street interview and say, hey, what is your net worth and we, just to just for clarity we don't believe people's value is at all connected to their net worth totally so your net worth is something completely you if you are listening today you are an image bearer of the most high god your value is already set so we're not talking about increasing or decreasing your value i'm just saying financially what what resources do you have stewardship responsibilities for? And do you know within a few hundred bucks what that dollar amount is? Yeah. Not for pride, but for clarity in organization, right? Not for your own self-worth. Well, clarity organization, but also it, your financial life needs to at all times be decisionable because you are, you are constantly making micro decisions because in the reality, you're, in your financial life, the micro decisions m- make the macro decisions. Mm-hmm. Or said a different way, the small decisions are the big decision.
2: And I'll even add to that, the decisions you make today are training the future version of you as well. So they are setting habits and patterns in place that are going to just keep going
0: unless something forces them to change. Right, because your, your life is a symphony, and you say, well, I, it doesn't matter what note I play today, the music will work out in the end. No, actually, the note that you play today, you got to hit the right note if you want the symphony to make sense. Because it's either going to make sense or it's going to be a jumbled mess. But if you're listening and you say, I can't do it, I don't believe it, I don't know anyone, there's never been anyone in my family that's done this, no one's ever shown me how, find a financial planner, make sure they're certified. You know, if they're offering you a $100 gift card to Ruth's Chris or a few other restaurants in town, um, I got news for you folks, they're just trying to sell you an annuity. So just... Weed those things out of your mailbox, and um, go find a certified financial planner that wants to help you with the disciplines. Um, and this is this is the most important one because if you get this one right, this is the, what everything else hinges on. Chuck sent in a text and said, "Hey, if I
1: retire with a high deductible health plan in my HSA." And I stay on COBRA, can I continue to contribute to my HSA? We've got that question and a few more. We're going to put the wraps on this present financial position uh, topic as well. So we've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money
1: with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies. Do you have clarity over where you stand right now in your finances. That's what we're talking about today, that you need clarity. Even if that's not a strength of yours, you can get it. You can you can have that clarity very easy. I made a couple notes here from what Kevin said. You need clarity. It's all about having clarity in your financial life. And at all times, your financial life needs to be decisionable. Great, great stuff. This is Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the Two studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, there's several ways that you can catch up on anything that you missed today or previous episodes as well. Every episode's on podcast, wherever you listen to podcast, iTunes, Google play, that sort of stuff. Just search wise money with Corhorn financial group. That's Corhorn with a K subscribe to it, share it, all that sort of stuff. Actually, present financial position, a lot of young kids getting started in their financial life need to hear this message. So that'd be a great way to share it. If they don't listen to podcasts, they might watch the YouTube channel. Every show is on the YouTube channel. You can listen to all of it. You can watch us right there in the studio. Uh, Just search Wise Money Radio. And then lastly, every episode's also on a media player on our website, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit questions right there on the right as well and uh, listen to content while you're at work or while you're online doing whatever, so. All right, I wanna put the wraps on the discussion on present financial position, and I just, with no, no comment, no elaborated explanation, I wanna just talk about real quick what you guys see the most common mistakes are. Just, just mention it, we don't need to, but why focus on the negative? So we as human beings have this unique ability to learn from others. And we don't have to make those same mistakes ourselves. So, so, Kevin, what would you say maybe is the most common mistake that you've seen
0: people make in their present financial position? I think that is not being a humble learner. Mm. Because what, what, in you just hit on the point that um, we have the ability to learn from others. So learn from others in the good but also learn from others in the bad. And you don't want to spend your whole life saying, oh, I don't want to do what they're doing. I don't want to do what they're doing. Find someone that you... not not Don't spend your whole life finding things that you're moving away from. Get, get your life going that you're moving towards something in a direction. So find someone who seems to have their financial life really amazing and go ask them, hey, can you help me? Now this is some simple stuff, so you might not need a certified financial planner. I'm biased, so I'd say, no, get a financial planner to help you with these things because, because they practice this all day every day, they're gonna be the best at help you doing that. And then the other thing, I think the the one of the biggest mistakes people make in their present financial position is they don't manage their emotional health as it relates to their present financial position. I'm working with an organization right now and there's um there was a decision that was made and it's kind of interesting because some of the people on the board say uh, this is this was a, uh, a a horrible mistake. We did a bad thing. Blah blah blah. Well, the reality is, I, as I see it, it wasn't a horrible mistake. It I can totally see how the organization got there, and it's understandable. So you're going to look at it one of two ways: it's either a horrible mistake, or we made the best decision at the time with the information we had, and now let's move be- forward because we have clarity let's move forward but the 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 thing that they did right was they stopped and got clarity so that they didn't compound the decision most people when they make a financial mistake it's emotionally it's so hard to deal with if you're grieving you're likely in denial and you just want to keep going and I'd say don't keep going stop Look at, get get great clarity and do not compound that financial mistake. Josh, what would you say?
2: You know, financial planning is, um, it's a tension between uh, opposing goals or opposing objectives, different values and mm. things. And and how you wrestle through these things um, can, can be a haphazard way. It can be just sort of the loudest voice wins. Um, maybe just the, the dominating will wins. Uh, or you can take a more thoughtful and planful approach. And, and one of the ways that I see this happening the most is between the tension between enjoying something today versus saving or planning for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, was it Aesop's fable, the ant in the grasshopper? Um, most of us lean towards grasshopper mentality. We don't squirrel away and save for the future. We consume, consume, consume today because that future version of you has a quieter voice and we have prefer- preferential treatment for the, the current version of you today. And every time we make a decision today, we're really having consequences, the, the future version of us will be the one who deals with the fallout, potentially. So financial planning is really about trying to amplify the voice of that future you so that there's more balance in your decision making. Not imbalance, so that there's balance. That's not right. imbalance
1: where well I got to sacrifice everything today. No, so that there's balance, and I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Actually, with both both of you, I, I'd make it one tangible thing, and and it's that four letter word I talk about all the time, and that's budget. I see a lot of people who who are struggling with those long term goals or struggling with having the discipline, and it's just not fun to budget. It just isn't. And so, but it's so, so critically important and foundational to all areas of your financial life. All right, I've teed it up a few times. So Chuck is 63, sent in this uh, this text. He said, if you stop working at age 63 with an HSA qualified high deductible health plan and continue with that same coverage on COBRA for 16 months, I assume he means before turning 65, can you continue to fund your HSA without penalty? This would be your only health insurance at that time. It's a great question, Chuck. Very, very interesting question. In fact, I just had to double check before, and I texted Chuck back, so thanks for thanks for the question. Um, but I had to double check because Josh, when we were talking about this before, y- you even said, are we sure there isn't something hidden in the Internal Revenue Code saying you need to have earned income?
2: Right, and, and you don't. It, it's not like uh, when, when you contribute to a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, you're only eligible to do that if you have earned income. You have to have paycheck money or some sort of profits from your side business, self-employment, that kind of thing. But n- that's not the case with an HSA. Uh, the, the requirements have more to do with, f- first of all, are you in the right type of health insurance plan? It has to be a high-deductible Qualified plan, right? So there's there's lots of plans out there that have a high deductible, but high they're is not a relative a, term. That's right. They're, they're not HSA eligible necessarily. So you, the devil's in the details there. Um, but you can't also be covered on some other plan as well. That's right. So that's one of the gotchas built into this. And so Chuck um, just very astutely mentioned at the end of his
1: text, this would be your only health insurance at the time. And and if that's the case, yeah, yeah, you can. If if you haven't signed up for Medicare, if you haven't accidentally added your spouse's cover, added added yourself to your spouse's coverage, or something like that, if it's your only health insurance, and it's a qualified high deductible health plan, then you still can contribute. Let me tell you, those limits for 2018, because we're still in this window, for two more weeks, you can contribute to your HSA. $6,900. I wanna tell you, when I I went in to make my HSA contribution, it was in a flurry of activity right around Christmas time and the bank said oh no that's too much you can't and i said okay can you double check and see if i've contributed anything yet this year and they said no and they said yeah but you can't put that much in and i said yes yes i can and so so just be aware so do six, you know who i am <laughs> so 6900 6, <laughs> for 20 for 2019 they finally made it an easy number um it's uh it's it's seven thousand that you can contribute to your hsa that's for a family plan yeah yeah that's for a family plan thank you thank you um and then one other thing chuck you're 63 there's a catch-up contribution that you can make if you're 55 or older not 50 or older like iras and roths and 401ks if you're 55 or older you can do an extra thousand you're just shaking your head I, it just makes me mad how they make the whole world so confusing when they write tax codes. I know. I was trying to sneak Sam's question there. Sam's got an HSA question, too, as well. But we are, unfortunately, out of time. Um, if you've missed anything, I'd point you back to the YouTube channel, to the podcast, or to the website. Thank you very much for listening. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.